Welcome to the Strong Single and Human podcast, a real look at single parenting, how to navigate the ups and downs of life with kids on your own while keeping sane. We cover all manner of subjects from domestic violence, dealing with childhood trauma, through to fussy eaters and how to help your kids become resilient. I'm your host, Claire Martin. Welcome. This week's guest believes the next Elon Musk is a seven-year-old girl who can't afford a communication coach. So it's his duty to help her succeed with his free resources. Brendan Kumarsami is the founder of MasterTalk, a coaching business he started when he was in college to help ambitious executives and business owners become top 1% communicators in their industry so that they can accelerate their success in the workplace and companies. He also hosts a successful YouTube channel by the same name with over 28,000 subscribers. He wanted to come on the podcast to help parents understand and master their communication skills. So to improve the future relationships and hopefully be able to master communication in their co-parenting situations. This is the Strong, Single and Human podcast. Hi, welcome, Brendan, to the podcast. Claire, the pleasure is absolutely mine. Thanks for having me. No, no, no. Thank you. Thank you for coming on board. So, look, um, tell us a little bit about how you got to teach people about communication. For sure. So the story started when I was in college. I went to business school, Claire. And I literally studied the opposite of what I do today, which is accounting. So I was a numbers guy. (laughs) Literally, it's nothing to do with what I do today. And that was the intention. I wanted to work at one of the big accounting firms. I never really wanted to be a communication coach. I didn't even know that was a career. But then when I got to business school, I started competing in these things called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports, Claire, but for nerds. So what other guys my age, right? Well, the guys my age were playing footy or rugby or cricket. I was one of those guys. I did presentations competitively. That's how I learned how to speak. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. I didn't even know there was a like competition for that, but fair yeah. enough. And, and there's a lot of big case competition schools as well in Australia, like the University of Melbourne. UNSW is also really, really? big as well. Yeah. So they fly out to Montreal every year, which is pretty wild, just to present PowerPoint presentations. So that's how I learned how to speak. And that's my day job, right? Like (laughs) in in the day, that's what I do. So, okay. Wow. There you go. I know. So so the goal was to just do these competitions, get a job. But then as I got older, I was coaching a lot of the students in college on how to speak to help them win competitions. And I just accidentally got really good at communication coaching, Claire, which led to the YouTube channel. Wow. Okay. And then this is what you do, basically, is coach everyone on communication on various different forms. So business, personal, et cetera, et cetera. So what fascinates you about communication then? Like, why communication? 
So to be honest, you know, when I started my journey, it wasn't because I was enthralled by communication because I sucked at it most of my life. I grew up in Montreal, which is a city where you need to know how to speak French. And I didn't know the language. So my whole life I was presenting in a language I didn't even know because I had to go to French school to learn it. Wow. Right. Yeah. Or else you can't, you just can't get a job in Montreal. It's really hard if you don't know French. Yeah. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. So that's one piece. The other piece is I have a crooked left arm. I have a physical disability. So I always had anxiety around speaking. What? I never wanted to talk. <laughs> actually. Sorry, I've only ever spoken to you on Zoom online. So I've only ever seen you from the shoulders up. So I didn't even realize. So I wouldn't have like, you know, wow, okay. Yeah. All right. So, so, uh, so yeah. So getting in front of people wouldn't have been your first thing that you, because you were conscious of that. Yeah. Look, I, I never thought I was going to be a communication coach. I, I'd say communications chose me in many ways, Claire. But when I got to, when I got to university, I went to business school. The reason I started doing these case competitions wasn't because I had a passion for speaking. It's because a lot of executives who had job offers, they sponsor all of these competitions. That's why I have a lot of friends in Australia because they would come to Montreal from, from those two universities. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. So, that's that's what I wanted. I just wanted a job for one of these companies. And then I just got really obsessed with competition. I started falling in love with them. And then I realized that I was a really good speaker. But then I noticed 20% of our delegation of our teams weren't that great at speaking. And I wasn't charging them any money. I actually coached for free for my first three years. Didn't know it was a profession. So I just said, it might as well be me. So I started coaching them. I was making a ton of mistakes. And then I just realized in my last semester of college, I was 22 at the time, I just went on YouTube. Somebody asked me, hey, how did you learn how to speak? And I was like, I don't know. And then I just started watching all these videos and I realized that they weren't sharing what I was sharing with the world. And that's, I just saw a gap in the market. And then obviously later in life, I fell in love with communication. So what, specific, what, what do you love about it though? For me, the biggest thing, Claire, is that communication helps us lead a better life. Sure, you know, when we think public speaking, it could be a guy on a stage or a gal on a stage. But for me, it's so much more. It's the way that we raise our children, right? It's the way that we talk to our families. Oh, yeah. It's the way we order food at a restaurant. And I, especially with this generation that we're in, in this society, a, a lot of us are communicating a lot less, but we're not talking to each other as much. So I, well, this is what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why for me, I see my mission a lot more than just, you know, teaching executives or teaching CEOs how to communicate, but really how do we share this gift with everyone in the world, democratize it in a world, in a, in a way that people can just have a better life. That's, that's my big why. Wow. Okay. So let's get into it then. Um, have you, because we like people who listen to this are parents. A lot of them single parents and um we have to communicate on so many different levels right so we're communicating with our ex-partners which can be a challenge at the best of times we're communicating with our children which also can be a challenge at the best of times but then we're also communicating with a myriad of different oh, for want of a better word bodies right so we're communicating with the school regarding our child's progress communicating with if your child has adhd or autism or stuff like that you're communicating with the authorities or communicating with um professionals who are you know helping your child with speech or you know various different therapies that they're going through so what are some of the tips and tricks that you could impart to people that would um, 
just help them instantly with dealing with those communications. And I know, and I know I've just rattled off a massive, great big long list, and they're all different um, because children obviously absorb and taking communication a different way to potentially the ex-partner who is um harder to deal with aggressive (laughs) yeah or uh not on your side as such so um yeah have you got any tips and tricks that we can just instantly use to improve our communication exactly claire so to your point Let's start with easy and then we can build our way up. So what's harder a little bit more is let's say like communicating boundaries a little bit more challenging, but I have easy frameworks. But let's start something easy, which is how do we become a better role model for our children and how we communicate? Because if we include them in this practice, in these drills, and I have a couple of easy ones that I'll, that I'll share in just a few moments here, we're going to inspire them to be great communicators. This is just going to help them with their life. So let's start there, which is exercise number one called the random word exercise. Pick a random word like light bulb, like tissue box, like phone, and create random presentations out of thin air. Why is this exercise so important for us to do? The main reason, Claire, is because it helps us deal with uncertainty. Let me give you an example. Let's say we okay, meet somebody. Go for it. Yeah, let's let's say we meet somebody yeah. new at a party. I'm fascinated. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I love your excitement for this. So let's say we meet somebody new at a at a party at an event. We don't know how that conversation is going to go. We don't know what pre-planned questions we're going to have. We just go for it. So if you practice the random word exercise, you talk about avocados for 60 seconds, you could deal with anything. Life becomes really easy. But the best part about this exercise is you can do this with your kids. So let's say you pick them up from school, you give, you have them give you a word. Hey, let's say Billy is the name of the son. Hey, Billy, give me a word. And then Billy gives us a word and we do it. And then we give them a word. And what it does, it helps children or people in general, all of us just deal with uncertainty because a lot of us just have anxiety in general. Whereas if we just do the harder thing, life becomes easier. And what, so you just talk about like, so it's say, for example, the word is avocado, right? As you've just mentioned, um you just say our oh, avocados have a seed in them they're green their texture is cream and you just like list off like and describe an avocado or do you so that's one part to it right and, and i can do it too do would you like me to demonstrate yes okay right. i'll give you a word right sure. i'll give you a word cloud there cloud. we go okay so obviously don't compare my version to everyone else's. Mm. Like get started and then you build your own. So my, my version of cloud would sound something like this. Ever since I was a kid, Claire, I always loved going to the park with my family. And the reason is because it gave me a breath of fresh air. And one of the moments that still stuck with me to this day is me laying on the grass and looking up at the clouds and the beautiful weather that was available for me and my family that day. And in Montreal, you learn to cherish the weather because you get three months of cold snow every day. So when it's the summer and you're at a park and you're looking at the clouds, really take the time to enjoy those moments. And I encourage all of you listening to this podcast to find those cloud-like moments in your life. Because most of us, when we look at a cloud, we don't really feel any emotion towards it. But what if we learn to embrace those little ideas, those little moments? And if we did that, we would much enjoy the life that we have. So that's just an example of the random work. That's it. Wow. Okay. Cool. All right. So that's one thing is to actually, so exercise number one is to start this random word game as such. 
for you and your child to just get them and, and I have to say I don't think my son would have any problem with this game he can talk the hind legs off a donkey which is great and that might be down to me being his mum and being doing the exact same thing but that's okay um but okay so that's one thing what next though for sure Claire we got a bunch of tips so don't worry just getting started okay oh my so god okay so then the second question, uh, sorry, the second tip helps us a lot with critical thinking, which is the question drill. So the question drill is really simple. A lot of us, when we get asked questions in our life, Claire, we're reactive to them as opposed to being proactive. So we wait for the question to come up in any of the scenarios you described, uh, parent-teacher relationships, ex-partner relationships, those are a little bit harder. We'll deal with those later, right? Our kids, when they ask us questions, where do babies come from? You're like, okay, how do I answer that one? So we get asked questions all the time. Whereas we're, a lot of us wait for the question. So how do we become more proactive? Like, I'll give you a funny one, Claire. When I started guesting on shows like this, I was horrible. I remember some guy asked me, where does the fear of communication come from? And I looked at him and I was like, uh, I don't know, man. Sydney, Melbourne, you tell me. I don't know where the fear comes from. So all you have to do, Claire, is every single day, spend five minutes. That's all I ask. And just proactively answer a question that you feel somebody's going to ask in your life. And if oh you just God. do that, right? If you just do that every day for a year, you'll have answered 365 questions. You'll be bulletproof. Fair enough. Fair enough. But God, that, that could be any question from a child. <laughs> and nine times out of 10, it is. What's this, mummy? Why is that like this? Um, okay, no, that's fair enough because then you're prepared or at least been put in those situations which prepare you. And I suppose for me, being in, be, well, being in the job that I've been in for such a long time, I'm dealing with presenting and I'm dealing with questions and certain particular challenging questions because I manage projects and programs that, um, yeah, I'm used to being put in those difficult situations. But like that would be good, good way of practicing answering and being able, I mean, mine, I have to say my difficulty is when somebody says, um, when you're trying to pull together the communication that you think somebody needs. So it's like, I've got a report on a project or whatever, and what is the information that they need? So actually understanding their requirements, I suppose, is where I'm, where I find it hard. This is my therapy session. Okay. Anyway, that's, so it's, yeah, it's about knowing that person, but it's about interrogating that person as well regarding not interrogating. That's so bad. That's so harsh. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So what, so, so we've got random words, ask yourself a question every day that you can practice answering to, and then what else? Come on, Brendan, what else? What about those difficult situations? Absolutely. <laughs> and, and let me build a couple. Okay. For sure, we'll, we'll get into them, absolutely. But let, let's keep it fun and then we'll get into the dangerous things later. But the 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 two pieces that, that I want to layer on top of what you said, Claire, which I thought was really good, was around work and family. So let's start with work. So you're right, there's different scenarios, sometimes work changes, but having that proactive approach will just help us in general. I'll give you an easy one, promotion interviews. Let's say you're up for a promotion at work. If you talk to somebody who already has that job you want and you get a list of all their questions in the promotion case study interview, 
you'll easily get that promotion. That's an easy way to apply. Let's go back to family. Because you had a thought there that I thought was interesting. So let's say, for example, kids ask us questions all the time. But here's what a lot of us as parents, we don't do with our kids, which is we don't ask them questions mm. back. Like, real, like, not like, how was your day? Like, I'll give you an example. I was with my 10-year-old niece, sort of my niece, kind of half my niece. She's like a, one of my first years old. And I would ask her questions like, what was the biggest lesson you learned about yourself this year? And she had great answers. So, or, or what? But no, none of us thinks to ask these types of questions to a 10-year-old. Or to your point, when somebody goes, mommy, what's this? Instead of going, oh, well, I don't know, kids. Because <laughs> we have so many things going on, right? Instead, we reply, what do you think that is? Why do you think that's that? Or debate questions, right? Which is, if you had to choose between X or Y, what would you choose and why? And this helps us practice, not every day, not all the time, because I know as parents, we got, we got crazy things going on in our life. But just those moments to help them is where we can apply the question drill more practically. Well, it's quite interesting you say that because um, a fantastic guest that I had on, on the podcast, which he'll be coming up, his episode's coming up soon, um, he basically said, um, when you're talking to your kid um, and you go, How'd you how's your day been? And they go, oh, it's been all right. You know, you get the one word, yeah, it's fine, right, one word answers. He said to actually change that around and say, if you could rate your day out of 10, would it be a 1, which is really bad, or a 10, which is awesome? And then when they go, oh, it's probably a 2, then you can go, oh, what makes you say it's a 2, right? So you're not, like, questioning, but you're actually going, you're actually just finding out a little bit more about why they would think, why they would rate the day as a two or a 10 or whatever, what happened, you know, if it's 10, well, what happened in your day to make it a 10? That sounds awesome, you know? And so I've actually started doing that with my son because one, he's a boy. I don't get, I only get one word answers out of him normally at the end of school. Um, and obviously you pick your time. <laughs> well, you obviously pick your time to actually ask these questions, but I tend to find girls talk more and boys tend to be like, yeah, it's all right. What did you do at school today? Nothing. Do you know what I mean? Yep. You get those. So it's interesting to be able to reframe questions so that you get more information. So it's actually what you're saying is very good because, you know, it's about thinking about how we're interacting with our kids and communicating with them basically to get more information from them and to also understand who they are as a little person, right? Because if you're asking for, the, well, what do you think it is? And they come out with some weird and wonderful, you know, you, you go, you're getting more of an insight into how their brain actually works. So, yeah, that's, and it's a scary place to be at times, but hey-ho, it's all good. Because <laughs> you go, really? That's do you think that is an alien? Question. So, yeah, but, but that's kids. That's their imagination. It's cool. So, okay, right. Yeah, no, I agree. Ask more questions back. My son does hate it if I go, he goes, Mum, how do you spell, I don't know, wagga, flubba, lubba, lose? And, um, and I go, well, how do you think you spell it? And he goes, oh, for God's sake, not this again. Just <laughs> spell it to me. Um, but, you know, you're obviously trying to get him to spell. But, yeah, I'm going to have to learn different tactics. But, hey-ho. 
So, okay, so that's great. So that's great. So what's next then? Right. I'll give one more easy one, then we'll have the, the difficult conversation piece. So, so oh, let's go for the difficult. Yeah, right. come on. So, so the third easy one is, is to send video messages to the people that you love. So what I get my clients to do, Claire, that people can oh. copy paste is I have their kids send video messages like their uncles or their aunties wishing them a happy holiday. And people love it. One, because it makes people feel seen, heard and understood. But the other piece is it encourages the child because the, there is no uncle or auntie, any, you could put, you could send it to anybody, I'm just using those as examples, who will reply with, I hate this video. They'll go like, oh my God, I can't believe your son sent me a video. And, and I encourage us as well to do the same for the people we really admire and just show our appreciation for them. Makes their day. Wow. Okay. And I suppose in, in this day and age, right, hark at me, the oldie, but in this day and age, that's what everyone's doing. Snapchats and blooming TikToks and all of that malarkey. So it's not, it's not like, it's not something old, is it really? It like, sorry, what? that's not the right word. It's not something unusual. I think it, they're doing it all the time. I mean, my son, yeah, mum, can you video me doing this? Right. And I'll be like, okay. And it's like some Spider-Man like thing or whatever. But yeah, and then and then he goes, can you send it to Tom Holland? So Tom Holland, if you're out there, please watch our videos and comment because he's just driving me insane. But yeah. Um, okay, let's get difficult then. Let's get difficult. Come on, Brendan. What are we doing with the difficult conversations? For sure, Claire. Okay, so how do you, de how do you deal with difficult conversations? So I would say the first piece to that is to always start with gratitude and what we have in common. So I think the big challenge is when we have difficult conversations, it's almost always because of a disagreement, right? So let's say we disagree around, you know, where the custody of the kids, so we disagree on something easier, like what should we have for dinner, right? So whenever, whenever there's a disagreement between two parties, that's what leads to conflict in any relationship. Yeah. So the first part in dealing with that is to first acknowledge what we share in common. That's why I haven't fought with my mom or my sister in like over a decade. I don't remember the last time we had an argument. Because every time we talk, we always start with what we're grateful for and what we have in common, which is 99% of things. Right? Like I always like to say, like not to get too political, but any political lineage, they all eat at the same restaurants, they all watch the same Netflix specials, they all do the same things. So when we start there, then we, we level set the conversation. And I feel a lot of people don't do that. They jump right into the disagreement. And then when you put oil to the fire, the oil just explodes the fire and it becomes dangerous. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. So can you give us an example? Right. So, so examples will vary, right? So let's, let's start with something easy and then we can build up the, that's, that's how I always like to start by the, and the reason I like this perspective on easy to hard, because if we can't practice the easy conversations, it's really difficult to get into the hard ones. So I'll give an example of boundary setting. Usually I use uh, relationships as an example, but since most of the, most of the community are, are mostly single parents based on what you've told me, let's, let's start with like a friend, like somebody that we really admire. It could be a parent, it could be a, a mom, a dad. It's the same analogy. And let's say we... Well, yeah, and, so, and I agree with you, right? Some of the most difficult conversations are with other parents, right? Because if you don't want your child to watch something or eat something or whatever, they can be quite difficult conversations to have because you have your own set rules at home. And then if your child goes on a play date or they're out somewhere with that person... Um, and you want to say, hey, look, 
in our household, our children don't have Coke or whatever. Um, sorry, Coca-Cola. Um, yeah, there's a lot of sugar in there and children don't have it. Apologies, but yeah. Um, but, you know, that's an example. Um, and maybe I should have said certain fizzy drink. Okay, never mind. Um, but, I use that you as know, at the end of the day, yeah. Yeah. So um, that's sort of what I'm thinking. Sometimes those conversations can be quite hard at school um, or like with school friends. So sorry, I'll shut up now. No, 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 Claire. I'm, I'm glad you're actually sharing that because it gives us more content. It contextualizes the, the conversation mm. better for your audience, right? So, so let's start with easy and then we'll directly go into that. So easy starts with... Are we communicating boundaries effectively with the people we already love, with the relationships we already appreciate in our life? So I'll give you a common example that I see a lot in the world that is completely wrong. I need more alone time. Okay, so let's take that sentence. I need more alone time. That could be with a family member. That could be with people around us. But the challenge with that sentence is that could be misconstrued in a hundred different ways. What does alone time mean, Claire? Does it mean you want to be stuck in a cave for a week with no text? Does that mean you just need an hour in the morning to read a book? Does that mean you want to disappear in the evening for an hour to go for a walk, to listen to a podcast? What does that mean? So there's a very big difference. Wow. And all, please. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but also no, no, that person that you're saying it to, right? could also be sitting there going, well, what's wrong with me then? Why do you need alone time? What's, you know, just to go on the complete, like, you know, freaky, but like, it's, it's <laughs> like, well, okay, why do you want time on your own? What's wrong with me? You know, like, um, and also saying it to children where you go, I need mummy time. And they go, oh, you don't so love, you don't me. love yes. me then. And you're like, no, that's not, that's not the point. But you know, so yeah. No, 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 no. This is very good. Don't, don't be shy to do that more actually. So, so you're right. So in that context, whenever we share a boundary, a lot of us go straight to the punch. Well, I need more alone time. Well, why? And then it just starts heating up for no reason. Right. So notice how there's a very big difference between that and the following, which is, Let's use a relationship as an example. Hey, babe, I would love an hour in the morning just to read a book because it helps me calm my mind and show up better for a family. Is there any way in how you can support me in achieving this boundary? Example, you don't have to be too professional about it, but notice how that's a hundred times better. And, and practicing this, this is why I like easy, clear, practicing this with the relationships we actually care about first is how we do this with people we have no relationship with. Example, the exact one you mentioned, daycare example, you got two parents, no Coke is allowed in our household either. So we're, we're on the same page there. But, in, right. but if there's another parent, let's say we're at the same day, I don't have kids, but let me just I use my clients as examples here. Right, so let's say we're we're in the same daycare. Parents, they don't, they're they're giving coke to to my kid. I wouldn't go up to them and say, "Hey, you're doing this wrong," because I learned how to communicate boundaries effectively with the people I already love. So I'm trained. So I'll go, "Hey, I, I really appreciate the way that you show up for your children. Thanks so much. It's just in our whole household, we don't we don't allow that. So would it be okay next time? I would really appreciate that. That's it." And the parent goes, absolutely. You're not, you're not impeding on my beliefs. You're just telling me that with your child, you want to act in a different way. You do it in such a nice way. I mean, I like amazing. Yeah, and I have to say though, if you are, and we're all busy, right? So I'm not, I'm not labeling any parents, but most parents will go, hey, is there anything your child can and can't have? 
if they're coming over for a play date or whatever, right? Beautiful. So they do ask up front. Beautiful. So it's not as though you get into that situation a lot. Um, and, and, you know, and so, and sometimes I've had children over and there are things that my son potentially has that other kids aren't allowed to have, sugar, whatever, right? Um, that I sort of have to, I've phoned up the parents and gone, hey, such and such says he's allowed to have X, but I'm just double checking with you. Is that okay? Or is that not okay? Or whatever. Um, and I'm perfectly fine if it's not okay. I've just got to deal with the consequences and nine times out of 10, my son doesn't get it. But um, but yeah, so um, yeah, but no, I, I agree with you. It's starting with those easy conversations. Um, and I, that, look, what about a work situation, right? Where you, we're we going on a real difficult now. What about a work situation <laughs> where, um, yeah, here we go. Well, ex-partners are, can be difficult, can be great. I mean, some people I know have a fantastic relationship with their ex-partner and it's all awesome. And they, they are all about the children, right? And so my view regarding, this is my own personal view, but my view regarding communicating with the exes is a mind's toxic is um you focus it on the children so it's all about it's not about what i want and it's about what is best for my child right and some of the time what is best for my child may not actually sit very comfortably with me but it's the best thing for my child right and so therefore it's about just keeping my child safe happy and you've also got to consider that the other person in their life is their father or their mother and therefore they love them right so you can't change that it's like you know there are elements sometimes that my parents annoy the hell out of me right we're all human right but i still love them so um yeah no so what about a difficult work situation i just digressed and went down a rabbit hole there what about a difficult work situation where you've got to um you either want to ask for more money, time off. You want to work from home. Um, so as a single parent, sometimes it's an advantage to be able to go to work and go, hey, um, we've just come out of lockdown and we've been able to work from home quite adequately without going into the office. So what about if you want to ask, hey, I want to go, I want to work from, I want to work from home two days a week or whatever and be in the office three, how do you deal with those difficult conversations? Right. So now we're getting to sticky territory. So here's here's what I'll say for the job-related one, because the partner one's a lot more challenging, because unfortunately, we can't remove that person from our life. Work is a little bit different, though. So my advice is, is, is a little slightly off communication, which is always realize that if you're an all-star employee, you always have leverage. And the only time to have leverage the only reason to have leverage, the, all you need is to have two job offers, the job that you have and the job that is being offered to you. So the second you have two job offers or more, not 20, not 2 million job offers, two, then you have automatic leverage. So let's start there. So before we even think about having hard conversations at work, we, we know ourselves, is it worth having it with our boss? Is this a safe environment? So if it isn't, we don't want to enter this bad conversation or else we'll risk getting fired. So instead, what we want to do in those situations is we want to shop our value. So what I encourage people to do is every year, you should always be interviewing at different companies. Even if you don't work, at, even if you don't want to leave your company, 
just so you can see what the value of your of your skill set is so that it makes it easier for you to negotiate back with your current employer and it's not about saying hey i interviewed at so and so they offered me this can you offer me that no 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 it's more just a question of information okay if i'm getting paid 80k now and somebody's offered me 100 how can i have an an a thorough, uh, thoughtful conversation with my current employer to get that to around 95 to 100K within the next year. So that's that's the idea. So so the first step is not even to talk to anybody in the company. It's just to shop your value. That's it. That's the first step. And then the next step is to is to, during your meetings with them, to really outline the accomplishments and also understand the goals of the business better so you can find ways to add more value to them. And then the third part is to ask them in, in a nuanced question, not making it a statement, but rather a question, is for me to get to X level of salary, what are some of the responsibilities that I would need to take on to achieve that level of financial success within the business? And then you just let them talk. And if they go, well, you can't really do that. We don't know, Claire, then you calmly say, absolutely, it's no problem. You know, mind you can't, you shouldn't stay there too long. And you should take that 100k job offer that's being. Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. And, um, and I have to agree with you. Um, because, um, because you were saying, like, the previous point you said before, if you make yourself to your employer, um, indispensable as such, if you go over and above, um, they're not going to, they will want to offer you what you need to have. But also I've found that, um, that if you say, Hey, can we see how this goes for um, a period of time or whatever? So you give them an out, um, and you basically say, Hey, I'd like to trial X, Y, and Z, or you give them evidence that you can work from home effectively. And actually it's more productive and you give them stats and figures and things like that to say, Hey, look, I did, um, I don't know, 15 hours worth of work in a day working from home. And I haven't had to drive backwards and forwards to work and I'm a lot more effective and et cetera, et cetera. Then, um, you're selling it and in a way you have to sell things to your employer because why would they do it otherwise what what's in it for them is the i suppose the situation isn't it 100 percent. that's why it's so important to your yeah. point claire i think you said that so well is you need to understand the goals of that business like let's say if you worked for one of elon musk's companies that wouldn't work you can't do virtual you should never work there if that if you need that hey i need to yeah. be virtual it, it doesn't make sense no sense to work for twitter or tesla or spacex you'll just never You'll never get what you want because he just wants everyone. But I actually don't also understand why he wants everyone and, in the office. I'm like, dude, right. but, get a grip. We're all adults. Right. But but it's also something we can't change. So so that's so it's all about oh. as you know, right? So that's the other piece. But one thing I want to take a little step back on is I'll tell you a little personal story okay. about how how I improve my relationship with my mother because I think that'll that'll land. Uh, for for your specific. Uh, oh wow! Uh, Do you want to confess? Yeah, this? I say it all the time. It's it's nothing crazy. So okay. So so me and my mom used to bicker all the time. This is before ten years ago, and me and her we lived together because I wanted to retire her, so it was just easier that way. So now we have a beautiful relationship. But when I was younger, like 13, 14 years old, we'd always bicker all the time because we come from a completely different value system. Right, so my right because my mom immigrated from a third world country, Sri Lanka, which is a country south of India, and I was born in Canada, born and raised. So I'll give you a funny example. Like I would, I was never allowed to sleep over at people's house. I was never allowed to eat food at other people's house who weren't from our own ethnicity. So that sounds really offensive. So the, the immediate thought is like, oh, my mom's like this and this and this. 
So, so I was always mad at her. I was like, what do you mean I can't eat my friend's house? And I was like, yell at her. And then one day, I asked myself a question that very few 13-year-old boys ask themselves about their mother, which is, what do I want the relationship with my mother to look like in the future? Okay, we're bickering all the time, but do I want that for the rest of my life? No. What do I want that relationship to look like? So all I did is I sat my mother down once for 30 minutes, and she's the sweetest person you'll ever meet in your life. And I just asked her a simple question, three-letter words. Why? Why does this bother you, mom, that I, that I can't eat other people's? And I listened to her for 30 minutes, and everything made sense, Claire, oh, because man. she grew up in a civil war. She was born not to trust people. She was conditioned not to trust people, especially people not from our ethnicity. Yeah. All the doors were locked, bombs everywhere. Of course, she lives in that world. So in the end of the 30 minutes, I go, we don't live there anymore. And I got to eat at my friend's house. Yeah. So what's the point here? Right? Are we relationship visioning the people we care about? Because the only way to your point, how do we bridge both of our perspectives? Because you're going, oh my God, we need to have difficult conversations. And I'm going in this podcast, well, most people won't have them. So how do we bridge this? Right? We bridge them by understanding and taking time out of our life to just pick the top three relationships in our life. And it doesn't have to be our ex-partner, just the top three relationships in our life. And just putting a page essay for each one. What do I want that relationship to look like? And that's what will encourage us to do all the steps we talked about. Well, it's actually empathizing with the people that you're going to be having the conversations with. So it's actually trying to put yourself in their shoes. Um, and you may not, like you did, not understand because you're being brought up in a different value, you know, completely different environment, but different set. And I find very much so um, in my working environment and I manage people that it's actually about going okay somebody's bitten your head off or whatever okay they're having a bad day they've got a lot of stress and pressure instead of actually taking it personally um speak to that person is everything okay you doing okay you know do you want to chat do you not want to chat do you want to like and actually empathizing with what's going on with them and in a way that's well that is communication um but it's actually um just connecting with them and um, recognizing that it's not all about you. Do you know what I mean? Because it isn't all about you at the time. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. I know. So, look, where can people find you? Because you've got a YouTube channel, haven't you? Absolutely. This is so much fun. Thanks, Sarah. You really gave me a run for my money, by the way. So, oh, I'm sorry. I, I hope I lived up to your Testing expectations. You. <laughs> Testing you. <laughs> I love that. So, so two ways to keep in touch. So what is the, the YouTube channel, which is just master talk in one word. Yes. So people have access to hundreds of free videos on how to speak. And then the second way to keep in touch is to attend one of my free Zoom calls on communication, which are live. And if you want to jump on that, it's rockstarcommunicator.com. Wow. Rockstar communicator. Wow. What a name. How did you get that handle? But we, yes. We got lucky. My business yeah. partner found it for 10 bucks on GoDaddy. Oh, <laughs> my God. You'll see it ever since, yeah. God love him. God love him. And, um, okay, so that's cool. So, and that, believe you me, I've been on the YouTube channel. There are hundreds of videos for various, all different scenarios and situations. So, um, yeah, I would, YouTube is the new Google. Let's put it that way, right? So go out there if you've got an issue. Go on Master Talk, 
have a look at um, how to communicate better, basically. Um, so final question, final question, Brendan. If you could recommend a book, and I'm just trying, I was just trying to think then, have you written a book on communication yet? But you haven't. If you could recommend a book to my audience to read, what would it be and why? Absolutely. I'd recommend Thirst by Scott Harrison, Claire. So Thirst. Thirst. Yeah, by Scott Harrison. So Scott's the CEO of Charity Water, which is a nonprofit. He started to help people gain access to clean water. What I love about the story, though, besides the fact that he's an incredible storyteller, is he went from being a nightclub promoter in New York City to building the largest water charity in America. And the reason yeah, I, I love know. it. Oh, you know it. Okay, amazing. I know about him. I know about him. He's That's awesome. Good. Yeah, no, carry on, carry yeah. on. And there's a great quote in the book that I think inspires all of us and helps us gain perspective. Right, regardless any challenge we have in our life. 10% of the world doesn't even have water. So I'm sure we could deal with any conversation in our life. And there's the quote is by Pope Francis from the book. And the quote is, all it takes to have hope in the world is one person. And why can't that person just be you? That's fair enough. That's fair. That's an awesome, and I'm, su- <laughs> I don't know why I'm surprised it came from a Pope. Uh, they come up with really good stuff, but um, <laughs> all the time. But um, yeah, yeah, no, that's fair enough. No, wow. Okay, thank you. What an awesome note to end on. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. Okay, look, I'm going to let you get on with your life and things. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Glad the pleasure was mine. Thanks for having me. Yeah. No, that's okay. And um, yeah, we'll speak soon, hopefully. Keep in touch. Absolutely. All right, take care. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast and you would like to hear more, please hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. If you would like to support us further, share this episode with your friends and family. And finally, drop us a review on iTunes as I'd love to hear your thoughts, comments and ideas. It all helps me to understand and produce awesome content you want to hear just like this. If you want to check out our past episodes, write to us, appear on the podcast or for links, resources and show notes, go to our website www.strongsingleandhuman.com We are also on all the usual social media platforms, Insta, Facey and Twitter. I hope you have a wonderful week and I hope to see you back here again soon. Be kind to yourself and remember, no one is perfect. We're all just putting one foot in front of the other and doing our best. I'm Claire Martin and you've been listening to the Strong, Single and Human podcast.